Welcome to the Mindful Dating Podcast, where it's all about helping you find healthy, lasting love without losing yourself in the process. Get clear on what you need most from a partner, develop a dating and relationship strategy that works for you, and practice self-leadership in all your relationships. Join your host, Dr. Yael Dubin, on her mission to discover how you can lead from your most authentic, courageous self and create a lifetime of joy and abundance. Hi. Today, I'm here to take a deeper dive into some of the topics that I brought up in my recently released book, Your Personality and You Workbook, Exercises to Better Understand Yourself and Who You Want to Be. I'm going to share ideas related to chapter one, since this is the first time I'm doing this. This chapter is pretty basic, and it gives you a sort of overview of personality theories, personality tests, what it all means, that sort of lays a groundwork so that you it makes sense when you start going through the exercise how they sort of fit in and how they're going to help you make your changes. My name is Yael Dubin, and I wrote this book for you to help you make the changes that you want to make in your life as easily as possible so that you can have a more fulfilling life and get more satisfaction out of life. I'm a former psychiatrist and educator, and currently I'm a relationship coach. I help people who are feeling stuck in their lives, unsatisfied with relationships, either single and don't want to be or having some struggles with the partner that they already have. Sometimes they're just unhappy in their relationship with their career. But whatever the case is, I help them come to clarity on what they most need and want and help them develop the courage that it takes to go after it. So without much further ado, I'm going to go ahead into really what it is I wanted to expand on. So I had pretty strict limits from my publisher related to word count. So I wasn't really able to talk about everything I wanted to talk about. And this is my chance to do that. And there were two areas in particular that I really wanted to say more about. One of those areas was the personality model of internal family systems. And the other was the idea or the metaphor of using a story as a metaphor for your personality change. Um, So That's what I really wanted to expand on in this Beyond the Page episode so I can share a couple of ideas that I'm hoping will help you in your um, in your personal changes, whatever changes you're trying to make. So I'm going to review what I said in the book really briefly in case you didn't commit it to memory. And then I'm going to go a little bit beyond that. So first to sort of really briefly touch on IFS and I have a couple of other videos on it on my on my Facebook page, and if you just email me, I'll send you a link to them if you have questions. But the really basics of the IFS model are that all personalities are multiple. We're we're not like one thing. We're composed of multiple things. And at the core of our personality is what's called self-energy. And self-energy is really that wonderful, beautiful, flowing source energy. So it's composed of the eight C's what they call it in IFS, calm, clarity, connection, compassion, creativity, curiosity. Let's see what I missed. Oh, courage and connection. So it's all of those eight C's. And that's who everybody is at the core of their being. You, me, everybody. It's just that we don't always show up with those qualities. I'm sure you know plenty of people who never show up with them and I'm sure they're making the news these days. And then you know that you don't always show up with them. So what's that about? That's about some other parts. 
we have other parts that are protectors, and then we have the vulnerable parts that those protectors are safeguarding, and those are the exiles. And the protectors themselves are sort of come in a couple of varieties. There are managers who sort of get things done and take care of our day to day and, you know, keep things level. They manage that. That is their job. And then there are firefighters and their job is to step in when one of the vulnerable exiles feels threatened and they step in in ways that are sort of reactive just like a first responder, they feel like they're the ones that are going to rescue everything and they should have control. They're the ones that are more likely to drive a lot of the problem behaviors like binge eating, binge drinking, acting out of all kinds, self-injurious behaviors for some people. And those are protectors. And then we have the vulnerable exiles, and those are parts that carry the wounds from the past. They carry hurt feelings. They carry longings and desires that weren't safe to reveal a long time ago, and they're under the surface as well. So that's the IFS model. And I want to expand on that in a minute, but before we do, I want to, I want to talk about the personality or your personality potentially as a metaphor that we can use, such as a story you tell yourself. And I use throughout my book the concept of a story to talk about your personality and your per personal growth journey, sort of on the, like kind of riffing on the motif that Joseph Campbell came up with in A Hero with a, a Thousand Faces. So that's a great, that's a great uh, thing, great place to start with right there. This metaphor is fabulous, but I used predominantly adventure stories. Um, and, and so there was a little limitation there. And I want to go into some, some other things. So I want to pretty much say, let me, let me grab my notes real quick. Sorry, I can't, I can't really do all this without notes yet there's a lot actually that I wanted to say. So the, the first thing I want to say is in your new story of you and even in your old story of you, there are no villains. There are no villains. There are no bad guys. All of your parts, even the most troublesome one, even the ones you wish you didn't have and other people wish wouldn't show up, every single part only wants what's good for you. They're all trying to help you without exception. Or if there are exceptions, there are very, very, very few. The problem is, since they're parts, they only see part and they only have access to part of your whole skill set. So they're very partial. They don't see the big picture and they are not, they're not like operating from your full capacity. And the goal in personal growth isn't to eliminate them. And it isn't to get them to change what they carry or how they hold on to things. Really what it is, is to integrate them, to get to know them better so that you can get some of that information that they have and you from a place of self can take that into account and then think about how you want to respond to that. And when I, when I say that you have no villains, I'm kind of reminded of this beautiful quote by Rainer Maria Rilke. And I'm going to read it from my notes so that I don't butcher this. Perhaps all the dragons in our lives are princesses who are only waiting to see us act just once with beauty and courage. Perhaps everything that frightens us is, in its deepest essence, something helpless that wants our love. Your parts 
are that something helpless. And no matter what you think your inner demons are about, they are, and no matter how vicious they can be when they attack, there is something helpless about them and they just need love. So there are no villains in your story. All parts are welcome. And it's really important that you start to learn ways to cultivate self-energy and to bring it forward when you need it. Calming yourself, connecting with someone that you care about, being compassionate to that part that wants what's best for you so badly and has a limited understanding of how to get there. Whatever it takes for you, whatever your easiest way, curiosity is another really easy way. Oh, huh, I wonder what that's about. So anything that, it, whatever it takes for you to get there, anytime you can conjure a little bit of self-energy and show up in that space and just be present to your parts, you're giving them the love they need. And when you have self-energy, you have courage. And that goes back to the Rainer Maria Rilke quote too. Self has courage. And those parts of us that formed a really long time ago, they formed when we were tiny little children and they often don't know us as adults. They need to see that we can show up with self energy and that we can hold this whole swirling system with love and that will help them learn to trust us as well. Hello, Judy. I see you there. I know there's someone else on, but I can't see who it is. Um, so hello to you both. Um, so bringing that self-energy to your parts and recognizing that there are no villains, there are no bad parts. You don't have to get rid of any of them or change them. You just have to make space for them, hear their valid concerns, and then integrate them from a place of self into how you move forward. Now, the next thing I want to say is that there's a distinction between tragedy versus comedy. And it's super important. I read this one somewhere that the difference between a tragedy and a comedy is that in a comedy, people figure out what's going on in time to do something about it. And that struck me, and it strikes me again as we're talking about writing a new story of you, that I really mostly used the metaphor of an adventure story, and that's like a super tense, gritty thing, which is great, and it does go with the motif that that Joseph Campbell brought up, which is wonderful as far as it goes, but I really want to help people create comedies. I don't really want dramas. I don't really want tragedies, and in order to be in that place of creating a comedy, you have to be willing to see what's going on in time to do something about it. And what that means is really cultivating your self-awareness and being aware of your parts, what they need, how they operate, so that you can come back to self-energy in time to keep those parts from doing destructive things that are going to hurt yourself and the people that you care about. So let's see where else we are. Ah, so yeah, let's see. Yeah, and I've already said this, but I, I want to just say it again. What I really want for all of you who are watching this and all of my clients is to have more laughter than tears, to turn your story into that comedy that can, that, that you see what's happening and that you can come with gentle self-awareness to those parts that need you, those struggling parts, and just be present to them, recognizing they're not villains and seeing that all they need is for you to have the courage to love them and to integrate their information. So that's great. Well, so how else do you 
create a comedy. Now, when I start to think about creating a comedy, not only do you want to have that self-awareness to see what's happening in time to do something about it, to keep yourself from like having an explosive situation. The other thing that occurs to me are like years ago, my kids used to go to acting camp in the summer. And at the end of that camp, they would have a day where they let the parents watch workshops. And we got to see what our kids were learning the whole week. And I got to watch my kids do an improv workshop. And I learned the three rules of improv, which made a super big impact on me. Because really, what is life? It's improv, right? It's not planned in advance. No script is written. We're just always in scenes with other people, winging it. That's what we're doing every day at the grocery store and in our closest, most important relationships. We're sort of off script all day. So what are the three rules of improv? The first rule, say yes. Don't say no. Hi, Julie, because the word no is a scene stopper. Say yes to everything. Second rule of improv, the most important person is your scene partner. Third rule, it's all about the save. So let me unpack these rules and talk about how this works when you're thinking about parts and writing a new story of you and really embarking on this deep personal growth journey. So the first thing, say yes to everything. The word no is a scene stopper. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I have some pretty extreme part. They want to, you know, go gamble all my money away. I can't say yes to that. Well, you can say yes to what they really want. What they really want is balance in the system. What they really want is your wholeness and your wellness. You can say yes to that. But you have to say yes and. Yes, I want that same wholeness you want. And your strategy for getting it. It's going to be counterproductive. So what else can we do? So those those firefighters we were talking about who take care of fragile exiles, when those firefighters kick into high gear and you want to numb out in some way, addictively or other counterproductive ways, you can sort of take this knowledge that you know now that's a firefighter. There must be something vulnerable there. And you can bring some self-energy to just hold both of those parts. You can do some mindfulness practice to sort of calm your body down so that your system gets the feedback that you're okay and you're safe. There's no need for a firefighter or a first responder because you're here with your system. You're here with all your parts. And you hear, for example, you might have one part that says, oh, I really want to, I'm, af I'm afraid of failure. I, the, the thing that would make me feel the worst in life is failing. And so I have to work 80 hours a week to prove that I am a success. And then you have another part that says, I really want to have fun. I want some time off and I'd like to take a vacation. I want to take a painting class and I want to learn German. We have both of those parts and they're in conflict with each other. And what you can say to both of them is yes and. Yes, we're going to work really hard and take care of what is necessary to succeed. And we're going to create some space in our lives to have fun and do some things that bring joy. Yes, we're going to have some joy and some fun and some lightness. And we also have to do some work because contributing to the world is really important. So it's yes and. And that helps you generate some self-energy because sometimes when you're really wedged into a part, there's no and. It's just, yes, yes, we're going to go gamble. Yes, we're going to work all night. Yes, we're going to play on a trampoline. But we have to come back to and. Yes, and.
Yes, and, and what's the and? What's the other part that's in there? So the second part, second rule of improv is that the most important part person is your scene partner. And in life, your scene partners, you have tons of scene partners. They're all the parts within you, all of your exiles, all your protectors, all of these tender parts, all these angry parts, they're your scene partners too. What they feel and need matter. So it's important that you, that you are able to take what they're going through into consideration and, and do that yes and thing. But you also have other scene partners. There are other people in the room, and believe it or not, those people have parts too. And those parts are also your scene partners. Those are also your scene partners. And so sometimes when we get really reactive people with other people, it's because we don't realize that they also have parts. Parts trigger parts. And so their parts can trigger our parts, and then we have a part storm. But we can start to recognize that the most important person is our scene partner, which means my parts and their parts, as well as our self-energy, we can start to listen for those parts and listen for the unmet needs that these parts are trying to express to us. That's how we make our scene partners really important, is we pay attention to them. And that kind of concentrated attention does require self-energy. But simply recognizing these parts is super helpful because that does like right away get you a little bit unblended from them and it gets you a little bit of self-energy and that's really what personal growth is about it's about bringing more self-energy to the table more of the time and when you get curious about the unmet needs that these parts all have and how you might create a situation where all 25 parts that are involved in this conversation get their needs met you get curious about it that's even more self-energy and self-energy is creative. So you start opening up to that flow of creativity and that divine source that's within you, that, that universal life flow that just is. We are just self-created bits of universe. And so from that place of self, you can live out the third rule of improv. And this one is great. This one is, it's all about the save. What does that mean? It's all about doing whatever it takes to make that scene come out right. Keep people laughing. And the save in this case means speaking for your parts instead of from them, saying, you know, I have a part that's hearing this as criticism right now, and I'm wondering if you could sort of clarify for me what is what you're trying to say. I have a part that's feeling really scared right now, and I just need I need to take a minute and just hang on. I have a part that's really needing your attention. If you have a few minutes, I'd love to hang out with you. And if you don't, that's okay. I'll take care of that part. So that's speaking for your part. I'm tending to your parts from a self-led place. I know that it's my job to take care of my parts. I might want someone else's attention for a minute, but if they're busy, that's okay. I'll take care of that part that's a little bit needy right now. That spaciousness, that connection that we have from self is really what our parts need. And the fact that that third rule is it's all about the save not only are we responding to our parts in a way that makes them a priority, we're also responding to the parts of other people. We're listening for their unmet needs. We're really paying attention to how we can meet those needs or how those needs can get met in the scene and paying attention to that bigger picture. Instead of getting in our narrow reactive place, we're in our wide place. So you can listen for the parts that are speaking 
if you have a person that you're in conversation with that ha is familiar with parts language, you can use that with them. But even if you're not, you can use some of the tips and tools that I give um, give my clients for working with parts on their own independently. And if you're curious about those, drop me an email. Um, you can um, message me at yaelh817 at gmail.com and just ask me and I'll send you my little one pager on how to work with parts. So when you rem remember these three rules of improv coming from a place of self and you rem you recognize that there are no villains in the story, actually, you don't have to make it a really tense drama or really tense adventure story. You actually can lighten it up a little bit and be playful and have a comedy. You can see what's going on in time to do something about it and to prevent and to back away from situations before they get too, tr too tense. Now keep in mind, this is all about progress, not perfection. You're not going to like hear this talk and go get it perfectly forever. Really what I'm doing right now is planting seeds. And you may go out there and try this and it may be an epic fail and you might be like, oh, I need more mindfulness or, oh, I actually need a coach or, you know, I need something else. Or that didn't even work for me and I can't think of anything that I can do with this idea. Totally okay. But if this idea works with you, just play, play with it a little bit if it appeals to you. See if there are any adjustments that you need to make it make to make it really your own and make it work and hopefully at the end of playing with it a little bit and playing with this idea and and doing um, uh, a post-action review you can start to take your inner world seriously but not personally and what I mean by that is really do pay attention to it take it seriously validate those parts and their concerns and their perspective they all here are here for a reason don't take it personally don't think this part says something bad about you and don't think that it, this part has to have its own way and the first thing that comes out of its little mouth in your head. Totally okay for you to meet those needs in another way because mostly what they need is your self-energy. So what I'm saying really is I'm hoping that playing with these ideas will help you lead from that spacious, playful self-energy and lighten your life a little bit, bring you more joy, calmness, and creativity in your interpersonal relationship. I hope these ideas help. Drop me a line and let me know how it goes, what's working for you and what's not. And thank you so much for tuning in. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Mindful Dating with your host, Dr. Yael Dubin. If you're ready to shake up your dating routine and transform your approach to relationships, go to BahiraCoaching.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, pick up your free digital copy of Five Keys to Finding Lasting Love, and even schedule a free call with Yael now. Bahira Coaching is on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date with our programs, literature, and watch live sessions with Dr. Dubin. Links will be included in the show notes. Tune in next week when we'll share more about how you can find lasting love without losing yourself in the process.